0: A man was a self appointed critic. He took his art critic, I should say. He took his friends to this art gallery and gave them a tour with all his expert criticisms and, uh, you know, words and opinions and everything. And even though he had forgotten his glasses, it didn't, he didn't skip a beat. He just kept going on. Well, when he stopped at what he thought was this full length portrait, he went on saying, Uh, Well, the frame is altogether out of keeping with the picture. The colors are completely off. The man in the painting is too ordinary and uninteresting. Why the artist chose this subject is beyond me and is a great mistake and it ruins the picture. So he had all this stuff to say, right? Well, his wife interrupted him as he was starting to go on, tapped him on his arm and pulled him aside and whispered, Honey, you're looking at a mirror. Have you ever been so wrong in your criticisms, you know, like so wrong, it's like, oh, you know, and then you become shamed. I've been shamed many times, you know. Well, as we return to our Bible study in the book of Luke, Jesus asks us to stop being so judgmental and actually work on our own issues. And that should, with putting that inside of us, that should silence the criticism. That's the title of our message tonight. Silence the criticism. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 6 verse 37 through 42 as we make our way slowly through this chapter and this book. And so really God calls on us to do three things. Number one, to have a change of heart. Number two, have a change of mind. And number three, a change of sight. So those are the things that can help us to silence the criticism. So let's begin here. Number one, a change of heart, a change of heart. And here we're going to cover verse 37 and 38. But let's begin with just the first part of verse 37. It says here in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. And we'll stop right there. We'll just take that that portion right now. So Jesus has been teaching the Beatitudes and remember last time we were in this book about loving your enemies. So he's flowing along here and after he's talking about loving your enemies, Jesus goes on to address that critical kind of spirit, which is basically not love, right? That's not giving agape to your enemies and so he says that by saying here in verse 37 judge not don't don't be so judgmental the word judge here refers to like this negative judgmental attitude that really focuses on someone else's faults by like tearing them down you know with your thoughts with your words and your opinions that's that all criticalness we understand Judge here is more of a negative word. I mean, judge could be positive too. You know, it could be analytical, be looking at things, comparing things. And there's nothing wrong with making those kinds of judgments. I mean, what is right or wrong, we got to kind of judge in that. We got to judge in what's true and false, what's biblical, not biblical. But here, Jesus really is focusing in on how when we judge in a harsh way in a way that doesn't help but really hurts someone so what jesus is saying hey judge not because you know what then you will not be judged it, if you judge it's going to come back on you but if you don't judge you know judge not it, it won't be judged so judge not and you will not be judged basically what you sow is what you reap right it, 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 others will treat you in the same way you treat them basically we saw that earlier in that golden rule so if you if you're critical about others then you know what people tend to be the same back to you but if you're not then they're going to be more nicer to you and then look at what he says next condemn not and you will not be condemned because you know what happens when you start being all critical judgmental the next step into that is to be condemning that you condemn others and so Jesus is saying don't go even to that next step and start condemning others if you don't condemn them they're not they're not going to turn around and condemn you you won't be condemned yourself so you can be that judge and jury and you start giving your critical stuff and start being you know judgmental you you can be that judge and jury but a lot of times when you're judge and jury then you go on to be the executioner right you're you're like hey you're dead to me or like you're not gonna I'm not gonna let you be part of my life and it just goes on and on into that so that's how it flows together here so here's Jesus and I want to give you three things here that we're going to see in these two verses and so Jesus is saying have a change of heart and number one, Stop being so critical and judgmental. You are not the judge, jury, and executioner. That's really the thought here. This is really what Jesus is pushing, you know. Have a change of heart in all of this. You know, stop being so critical and judgmental. You are not the judge, jury, and executioner here. And, and again, we're, we're like flowing from the Beatitudes. And, and he went into persecution and how we're to love our enemies. And now you can see how he falls into here. Like, you know, have a change of heart in all of this. Don't be so critical. Don't be so judgmental. You know, you're not the judge during executioner. Matthew Henry says, In judging and censuring our brethren, we meddle with that which does not belong to us. And I like that because that's not our job. Our job is to love, right? Later on, we're going to be seeing in this chapter that, yeah, we can be fruit inspectors, yeah. But we cannot judge someone's motive or their heart. Only God sees that. But really, ultimately, our job is to love, like love your enemies. That, God's job, that's his job to judge and, and to bring down and condemn and all that, but not our judge. So I like what Matthew Henry says. So here is Jesus saying, look, have a change of heart. Stop being so critical and judgmental. You are not the judge, jury, and executioner. Then he goes on here, and let me give you number two. He's saying, Start being more forgiving and make allowances for imperfections. And that's what we're going to see. Look at verse 37 now, the end. He goes on after you will not be condemned. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. And then look, he says, Forgive and you will be forgiven. And we know what the word forgive means. You know, really, literally, forgive means to release. Yeah, not to hold on, but to release this. And so if you're more forgiving than others, they're going to be forgiving to you. And that's all Jesus is what saying here. Just like you're he saying, hey, judge not and people won't judge you. Condemn not, people won't condemn you. And you know, what? be forgiving. If you're forgiving, then you know, what? you will be forgiving. People will be more forgiving toward you. In other words, when we talk about in this flow from not being judging, not being condemning, in other words, Jesus is saying, look, make allowances, yeah? Make more allowances, be more forgiving in, in how you see someone make allowances, you know, for their imperfections, because that's what it is a lot of times. We see someone go, oh yeah, look at that guy. And we start being all critical and judging. Oh yeah, look, look what he's wearing. Look what he's doing. Oh, what kind of person is like that? And we say all those things, right? But we're supposed to be forgiving in the sense, let's make allowances for anybody's imperfections. Take a moment, turn to the right to Colossians, the book of Colossians now. You go past the Gospels, past John and Acts and first, first Corinthians, Second Corinthians and past Ephesians. And the next book after Ephesians is Philippians. And right after that, you, you turn over and you go to Colossians and go to chapter 3. And take a look at verse 12 and 13. I want to focus in on 13, but I want to back up a little bit and start with verse 12. So in Colossians 3... Chapter 3, verse 12, Paul's writing here and he he says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And then look at verse 13, bearing with one another. You know, that's like making allowances, right? And if one has a complaint, right, against another forgiving each other as the Lord is forgiving you so you also must forgive I mean think about the Lord now right he forgives us he makes allowances he's patient he's merciful he's gracious shouldn't we be that way I mean there's several scriptures about that and Jesus will even talk about that but here do you understand that if someone has a complaint you know be forgiving make those allowances so here's Jesus saying, have a change of heart in all of this, right? Start being more forgiving and make allowances for those imperfections. And I'll tell you, a lot of times we can look, see someone go, oh yeah, look at that, look at that, look at that. And we start pointing those things out and picking those things and making a list. But Jesus saying, no more, yeah? Be more forgiving. Make those allowances. So have a change of heart. Number one, stop being so critical and judgmental. You are not the judge during executioner. Number two, start being more forgiving and make allowances for imperfections. And here's number three, the last thing, is stay being generous for that determines uh, how it comes back to you. So uh, so it's stop, yeah, stop um, being so critical. Start being more forgiving and stay being generous. I put an S thing in there for that determines how it comes back, and this is where we, what this is what we find in verse thirty-eight, back to Luke chapter six. So here Jesus says, "Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you." So again, it's like that golden rule, you know, we talked about earlier. Uh, here and Jesus is using all of that that thought you know do unto others and they'll do it what you would like them to do unto you in that same thought now in context here right we're talking about not judging we're talking about not being condemning. We're talking about forgiving. So in context, to give really is, is like giving love, like loving your enemies. Be generous in making those allowances. Be generous in, in, in not coming down on people, not condemning them. Give love. You know, it, it, that's that idea. Not judge, condemn, make allowances. It's all that. Because what you give, it'll be given back to you. And then the way Jesus puts this is awesome. He says, look, you'll receive good measure. In other words, a good amount will come back to you. And you have to understand what he's talking about. In the ancient times, right? He's, he's really referring to when, when they would carry the grain or you buy grain, you would put it in a bushel. That's where you get that bushel, this big basket, right, of grain. So the idea is, is you'll get a good measure. Your, your basket will be full and it'll be pressed down. The grain will be pressed down and shaken so more can settle down. You could put more in it and then more will put in an overflow will be running over into your lap. There will be so much more. So that's the idea, this big basket of grain that will return to you when you're forgiving, when you're loving, when you're not judging, when you're not condemning. It's all going to come back. God's going to bless you back with more than maybe you gave. But as much as you gave, you're going to come back. Because he says for as much, uh, say, you give, you're gonna, it's going to be measured back to you. And think about it this way. You know, the word I was thinking about is Acceptance. Yeah, when we judge people, we're like rejecting them, basically. When we're being critical, when when we're condemning or like rejecting them, right? Putting them down. But he says, forgive them. Make those allowances. For, you know, accept them as they are, who they are, what what they're doing, right? Acceptance. And you know, if you accept them, it's going to be measured back to you and you will be accepted too. So what you give out, it's going to come back to you. Lewis Mayer was one of the founders of MGM Metro Metro Golden Mayor, right? That movie studio. Well, when he was a little boy, he was nursing this black eye after a fight, and he tells of this time. And and then he was nursing his eye. His mother told him to go outside, to go to the back of the house and call out to the hills, to the mountains, all the bad words and names that he used, you know, against this person that he fought. And and, and so he yelled out to the mountain, all these uh, names, and what echoed back was the same names, right? It just echoed back and came back at them. And then she said, okay, now I want you to do this. I want you to, you know, shout out now, God bless you. And when he said that, the it echoed back. God bless you. Came back to that, and you know what? Mayer said he never forgot that lesson. What you give out, yeah, is going to be measured back to you. So, do you understand what Jesus is saying here? Have a change your heart in all of this. Stop being so critical and gen- judgmental. Start being more forgiving and stay more, be- stay being generous, yeah, because that's going to come back to you. Let me ask you this tonight. Who, you know, or, or I should say this thing. Are you one who like naturally, quote unquote, tends to be more critical or judgmental? You know, what, what, what kind of personality or character are you? You know, what's, what's the first thought in your mind or the first word out of your mouth? You, 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 you see someone or, or see something. Do you tend to focus on a person's faults and imperfections and, and then talk about it? or then just say it, you know, we need to be careful because this is what Jesus is really addressing. You know, if you are that way, or even if we, you have a, a ten- tendency you know, in that way, or times come, be wary, right? Because any of us can be like this in what Jesus is talking about. Now, some people... Joke. Some people make the excuses. Well, I'm just giving you constructive criticism, right? You know that kind of thing. And and you know what? There is construct construct, constructive criticism. There is. There's times when we talk and we're straight with each other. But the context determines if you're judging in the sense that uh, Jesus saying, "Don't don't judge like that." You know, the context really determines it because. Or do you say that because you really care, or do you say it just because ah, you don't like the person, or is it maybe out of pride? Some people are out of feel, out of a feeling of superiority, right? They're like, ah, oh, yeah, they think you're better, and so they're gonna say those things. Or is it our flesh? It's so easy for our flesh to be so critical and hurtful and putting down people and. I mean, is it really your flesh or is it the Holy Spirit prompting this? Examine your hearts. Examine why you're saying things. You know, examine that. And we need to, if it is the flesh, silence the criticism. So, number one, we have to have a change of heart. Number two, we've got to have this, a change of mind also, a change of mind. Look at verse 39. Verse 39 It says here, He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? And then verse 40, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. And we'll stop there. So Jesus goes on here now in Luke chapter 6, in verse 39, 40, and he, he basically brings in this parable. A parable is a story or analogy to help you understand a truth or a principle. That's why Jesus gave these parables, these stories, analogies. And so here he puts this parable out in a form of a question, really two questions. And first of all, he says, can a blind you know, man, right here in verse 39, can a blind man lead a blind man? What's the answer? No, they can't. They both can't see, right? Then he puts out another question. Will they not both fall into the pit? Well, the answer is yes, because they can't they both cannot see. So what is he saying? He's basically saying, you know, don't follow one who is blind to what God wants here. Yeah. Now you don't want to be blind about this and just go with however you know you feel and doing the criticism stuff, and don't follow those who are who are doing the same things, because you know, guess what? Both of you guys are gonna fall into that pit. So don't follow one and don't go with one who's blind to what God wants here. follow those who are don't follow those who are so critical and judgmental all the time for then Jesus says in verse 40 disciples not above his teacher in other words you will not be any better than that person you're following any better than someone who's training you or who's influencing you because you're going to be just like that person who trained you so jesus is basically saying don't follow or be influenced by bad examples of this judgy kind of critical attitude and heart you know jesus if you think about it was basically referring to the jewish religious leaders of that time Remember how the Pharisees were so caught up in themselves, were so caught up in their pride because they followed the law, right? They followed it to the T. On the outward, they they. Presented themselves to be so godly, so holier, yeah, holier than thou kind of high makkamaka kind of thing, and that was their attitude. So they always looked down on people. So out of their mouth came that judgy, critical kind of thing, looking down on people. So they are always harsh, negative, condemning. That that's what came out of their their mouths, and that's what they are even they did with Jesus, right? They were unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, and you know what? Jesus is basically saying, Look, that doesn't represent God here. This isn't how we are to present ourselves. This isn't what it is. I mean, they thought they were they were, but they were so wrong. Jesus basically in Matthew uh fifteen, fourteen, called them blind guides. He called them blind guides. Yeah, you you, you say people should follow you, but you're blind yourself. Well, Here's Jesus saying, have a change of mind to what is really a godly attitude. That's what he's really putting forth here. Be careful, you know, of what you think is right, what you think is wrong, what's godly and all that. Have a change of mind to what is really a godly attitude and who you're really following. A little boy had a cage full of sparrows hoping to uh, teach them to sing Real nice. He put a canary in a cage with them, thinking that canary would teach these sparrows not just chirp, but, but to actually sing. A Few days later, he came running to his mother, crying, "Mom, mom, the canary is chirping like sparrows." The opposite happened, right? The opposite happened, not what he expected. Well, and, and, well there's probably more. There's one canary, and more sparrows, so maybe that's what happened. But the thing what what I see about the story is that you know we're so susceptible. To be influenced, yeah. to be so critical. How easily it is for us to get into the flesh when someone's like, rah, rah, rah about something. Oh, yeah, it's a, you know, we can jump into the same kind of conversation. And maybe sometimes we do that because we feel like, well, we're trying to fit in or be one of the guys or, or gals guys or whatever. But, you know, you know sometimes. We just allow our flesh to just get into that and and just run with it all. And and then we we end up being influenced and following along in that same path. Watch out, because it's easy to be influenced. Our flesh will fall into that. How about this? Think about this. Is someone influencing you in a bad way right now? Think about that. As Jesus is bringing this topic up, as God is tonight, is someone influencing you right now in a bad way, in this way. You know what they are? You've got to make a change. You've got to make a change. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Paul says that. Watch out now for bad company. And if God is speaking to you tonight, and maybe you're being influenced and you can't control yourselves in those circles, then you know what? I would humbly and graciously and quietly just not be around that anymore. And free yourself of that so the flesh doesn't get tempted in that way. It's time to silence the criticism. Well, let's go on to number three now, a change of sight. So we have a change of heart, a change of mind, and now a change of sight. And this is the last two verses for us tonight. Verse 41, it says, And why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your eye? And we'll stop there. So Jesus goes on here now, and he's really like talking to those who are so judgmental, so critical, right? So always pointing out the sin and so feeling like so superior. And he's talking to them and and in a sense, he's just saying, well, why would we want to act that way anyway, right? So why are you like having this attitude where you see that speck the word speck means like a small twig or a splinter that's what it means in the original language and you say why do you like really focus and see that but you do not notice that log in your own eye the word log is like a large beam that was used in building houses you know like setting a roof So he's really contrasting this huge beam to a little splinter. So he so Jesus is saying, How can you basically spot this little splinter of sin in someone else? But then you overlook basically this log, this huge beam in your own eye. You know, you look at the splinter seen there, but sin there, but you have this huge sin inside of you. You know, every time I read this scripture, I, I remember uh, a picture in my mind when my old college roommate, when we were college, he, he put into my mind. We we're talking about this, and and he, he he was saying, you know, it's oh, it's like you know, you're putting down this guy, and he has a little splinter in your eye, and then my friend would put up his arm like there's this big. <laughs> you know, law coming out his eye, and we're walking around like this, you know, and like you're banging people in the head, and poking them in the head, and everything, so I never forgot that thinking, ah, that's so true, you know, we can be so nitpicky, be about someone, so critical about someone, we ourselves, right, have this huge problem of sin within us, it's so easy, isn't it, to overlook your own sin, and to spot someone, well, some, someone else's sin, why is that pride, it really is. Sometimes we, f- I think we feel better when we don't deal with our own huge sins, but we point someone else and we, and we think we're better, right? But we're not when we have this huge sin. And you know what? What's real common is the sin that you point out in someone is a huge problem in your life. That's how you can see it so well. Maybe you're just trying to defer it, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, what's the word? You know, put it on someone else because you don't want to deal with your own. So Jesus is how. How can you so easily spot that splinter sin in others, but you you overlook your own huge sin? Then he says this in verse 42. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out that speck or splinter in your eye when you yourself do not see the log or that big beam that is in your eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. So Jesus is like, hey, how can you say this? You can't, you know. How can you go and, and, and try and fix someone else when you have such a huge problem in your life? You're, you're a hypocrite, you know, by saying that, by pointing it out, being so, so like, better than the other person and being so critical. Jesus said, you hypocrite. Don't be hypocritical and all that. You know what? First deal with your own sin before you deal with that other persons here's what Jesus is saying silence the criticism by first examine yourself first examine yourself that's what you got to do before you start going after someone you know examine yourself that's how you can silence the criticism and and then then you know then you can help someone you know why because then you will have compassion right when you humble yourself and you see your own sin, you see how God deals with you and you see the forgiveness and you see what you need to change, then you go at, you, you approach someone, not with this, I'm better than you, but I'm like you. I know what it's like. I've been through that. I'm, I'm, I've am i fallen here too. Let me help you. Yeah, It's more of helping, not hurting. It's coming with compassion, not condemning that person. And Kaffir, said, make no judgments where you have no compassion. That's so good. You know? When God has compassion, even though one day he's going to be judging this world and bringing judgment, you know what? It, it, it's not like he, he wants to, but he has to, but he has compassion in all of that. Think about how God deals with us. He has plenty of compassion, right? He loves us, even though sometimes he has to discipline us. It's with compassion, Abraham Lincoln said he has, the right, uh, the, he has the right to criticize who has the heart to help. I like that. Yeah. If, if you have a heart to help, then you're, you, you're the one who has, has the right to criticize. I mean, it's okay. Again, there's constructive criticism um, in that context of love, compassion, and helping. And in that right moment in the spirit moving, but if it's out of your flesh, if it's just ah, just what you naturally naturally like in the flesh you do, then that's not help so here's Jesus saying, have a change of sight yeah and examine yourself first and that's our last point you know i, I i'm i'm I've learned and learning and trying to do better you know that that after you know your my emotions are 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 calmed down. I, I could think better. You know, sometimes something happens and emotions just go up, and and before I make any action or say anything, I I need to calm down. You know, like what I was thinking specifically. You know, when someone comes in, drops in on me, and snakes my way, you know, I gotta I got. Sometimes you get upset. You know, especially whoa, what are you doing? You know, kind of thing. And that, and then I have to think a little bit, stop and think. And what I try and do is think like. Yeah, well, you know, Rick. How many times have I dropped in a wave? You know, gone, uh, took a wave and dropped into the wave, and I didn't know someone was behind me. I'm going right or something, you know. And I didn't know. I or or I came in and and I I thought they're going left, but they came around the section. All of a sudden, they're on me. You know, I thought, oh, oh sorry, you know. I just say, oh, so sorry, you know. And and sometimes in our flesh, we can go, hey, how dare you do that when. What if they made a mistake like I made a mistake, you know? So I try and, like, calm down a little bit of my emotions and have compassion, like, uh, you know, uh, on that person. Oh, oh well, yeah, you know, they, um, he, he, maybe he didn't see me or whatever and, and not get upset right away. You know, I, I try and have that, that understanding. I try and, like, you know, have compassion on the person that I hope someone else would have on me when I mistakenly drop in. Yeah, maybe sometimes they do it on purpose and that's another thing. Love your enemies and all that. But you know, I I have to watch out. And and I think that's what we gotta do. We gotta examine ourselves and say, wait, wait, you know, I've done this before. Or wait, wait, you know, I can have a problem in this before. And we gotta deal with our own self first and then it's easier if we understand how we've been through it, how we feel, to have patience and mercy on that other person, to have compassion right on that other person so think through this for a moment yeah think about some of the critical things maybe you have said or the cutting things that maybe you are you have said yeah i mean i'm i'm shame i'm embarrassed about it we all make mistakes even if you know someone's saying something to you We've got to humble ourselves and examine ourselves. Oh, you know, I've, I've said that to them too. Oh, and not come back, you know, at them. We've got to humble ourselves, give mercy, speak gently. You know what I think about? I'm such a sinner myself, <laughs> you know, yeah? I feel God, yeah? Who am I to hold something over them, Yeah? hold them over the fire. Hey, you, how can you do that? Or how dare you? Or you're so like this, you know, kind of thing. The thing is, if you don't humble yourself, God knows how to humble you. (laughs) You got to watch out, right? Because you can end up doing the very same thing or struggle with the very same issue that you judge that other person about. It happens. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it. But I'll tell you when you do humble yourself, when you do examine yourself, you'll find you know what that that thing you're holding on to, you can let go. That thing you were so critical about, ah, it's not it's not a big deal anymore. Understand hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. Or ESV says, all offenses. Proverbs ten twelve. That's what's important. That's what's important. I'll close with this. I, I read about a woman who is a very critical person again. And every day, she complained about her neighbor's windows. They, they were, they're so dirty, she said. Their, their windows are so dirty. And a friend came over and noticed that her own windows were dirty too. And suggested, well, you probably should wash your own windows, you know, and not be like a hypocrite. Well, the next time the friend came over, the woman excitedly told her friend, I can't believe it. As soon as I wash my windows, my neighbors must have cleaned hers too. Look at them shine. <laughs> I'm sure it was their own windows. But see what happens, so? though? When we examine ourselves, clean our own windows, suddenly that other person isn't so bad. So let's work on ourselves first and you'll be surprised to see how others have changed. So let's listen to Jesus and silence the criticism. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive us, Lord, of our sins, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being critical and maybe overly critical, demanding sometimes, so opinionated in our speech that we don't help, but we hurt people, God. We drive knives into them, Lord, or we stab them, God. And forgive us for even stabbing people in the back who aren't around us, Lord. God, help us to judge not, to condemn not, to forgive, to make allowances, Lord, to accept people, Lord, to to give, God, in good measure, so that we would receive that. Help us, God, not to be influencing. Follow those or be like those who are overly critical and judgmental and harsh upon others, Lord. God, we don't want to be blind and follow the blind also. We know it's a pit that we all fall in, and we will never rise above that. But Jesus, when we follow you, God, when we do what you see, Lord, when we examine ourselves first and work on our own beam in our eye, before we help someone with a splinter. God, that's your way. That's who you want us to be. God, fix our personalities, God. Fix how we grew up. Fix, God, Lord, how we've been doing things over and over and habits, bad habits that we may have uh, just made, God, through all these years in our life. Lord, you are a healer. You can make things right. And God, as we as you come and you speaking spoken to us, Lord, in this particular area, God, we want to give it up to you. Whether we're failure in this, whether we're working on it, we're, whether we're doing better, all in all, God, we, we, we want to give it up to you. And we want to become the men and women of God you want us to be. So tonight, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, cleanse us, Lord. Give us strategies, Lord, to examine ourselves first, God, and have compassion on those who are struggling in the same areas. God, give us the, the, the strength, God, to not say things, Lord, that first come to our mind. To not give in to our flesh, Lord, but even have our mouth be sensitive to and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let our tongue, our speech be surrendered to you too, God. So, Lord, take our speech, our thoughts in our mind, what we hold in our heart, God. Lord, take it all and replace it with what you want, Jesus. So, Spirit, I pray for your healing touch upon us now. I pray for anyone who's connected online, struggling in these areas, Lord, that you would help them and that tonight we would then Be the night that we are freed, Lord, of the bondage to a critical mouth and that you would would give us, God, a mouth, Lord, that speaks gentle things, kind things, encouraging things, that doesn't hurt but helps, that doesn't tear down but builds up. Lord, help us tonight. And I believe that you're doing that right now, God. May this be a moment we're freed of this for the rest of our life. So here we are, God, a living sacrifice, Lord, presented to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and worship the Lord.